0: You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We're going to talk about the two play-in games from last night. We're going to talk about your NBA playoff series coming up. Most of them are set. Six of the eight of them are set now. We're going to look at them from a gambling perspective and just my thoughts on the series going forward and then we're going to also look at the fact that the Tampa Bay Rays have somehow turned into the 1927 Yankees before our very eyes. This is getting ridiculous, and we'll get to that momentarily. All right, first, let's start out talking about the play-in games from last night. I like the play-in games. It's giving more teams a chance because under the old rules, the 7th and 8th seeds, if you look at the Western Conference, the Lakers would have been the 7th seed playing Memphis, and the 8th seed would automatically go to Minnesota, and they'd be playing Denver. Now they include the ninth and 10th seeds as a chance to get to the playoffs. If you're the 7th or 8th seed, all you have to do is win. You have two chances to win one game, and you're in the playoffs. If you're the ninth or tenth seed, you at least have a chance now to make the playoffs because under the old system, you were done. If you didn't make the top eight, you were done. Now, you have to go 2-0. If you go 1-1, one and one, not good enough. You have to go 2-0, and that earns you a spot in the playoffs. And we've seen it happen already before in past seasons. So, it's not like it can't be done. You can't win a home game and a road game or someone wins two road games. It's, it is possible to do that. But... Let's start off in the Western Conference last night with the Laker game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And boy, oh boy. Um, Okay, this was was quite an interesting game to say the least because the Lakers pretty much trailed the whole time. They were down by 13 at half, 62-49 at half, and they didn't tie the game until it was 98-98. Yet, if you go back a little further, well, sorry, 90 uh, they tied it at 95-95 um, when LeBron hit that three. However, all you got to do is go backwards and go to the six-minute-and-one-second mark when Mike Conley for the Timberwolves hit a three-pointer, and that put the Timberwolves up 95-88 with six minutes and one second left until... Anthony Davis fouled Mike Conley with .1 second left on the clock. The Timberwolves never scored again. I can't say I've ever watched much Minnesota Timberwolves basketball this year. Maybe I've seen them play a half a game. But what I saw those last six minutes, when they had a seven-point lead on the road against the Lakers, the offense that they ran, I thought I was watching a high school team. I thought I was watching five guys simultaneously piss down their leg during an important basketball game. It was awful. They were throwing the ball into the stands. They missed every shot they took. They couldn't get to the line. They couldn't draw a foul. You realize if Anthony Davis doesn't commit one of the biggest boneheaded fouls in the history of playoff basketball, which is Mike Conley gets the ball with you know, Less than a second left, he's in the corner, and Anthony Davis is closing out on him and accidentally hits him as he shoots a three with the Lakers up three, and he fouls him with .1 second left. Mike Connolly that shot hit the side of the backboard. If Anthony Davis doesn't touch him, Lakers win that game in regulation 98-95, meaning the Timberwolves didn't score the last six minutes of the game. Not didn't score a basket, not didn't score a free throw. They didn't score at all. And if you watch the last six minutes, holy crap, they looked like they had no idea how to play the game of basketball. I felt like there should have been peach baskets out there. I've never seen such incompetence by a professional basketball team, a professional basketball team that was literally beating the Lakers by double digits most of the second half. And then it got down to crunch time, and I guess it is kind of hard to play basketball when both hands are around your throat. Because that was awful. Anyway, Anthony Davis fouls Mike Conley stupidly. 0.1 second left. Lakers up three. Conley buries all three free throws, and we're going to overtime. And in overtime, we head to overtime, 98-98. In overtime, five minutes of overtime, the Minnesota Timberwolves got two baskets, both on dunks. And they lose 108-102. So that means from the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter and five minutes of overtime, the Minnesota Timberwolves had seven points. That's almost a full quarter of basketball. Full quarter is 12 minutes. Last six minutes of fourth quarter, five minutes of overtime, that's 11 minutes. They had seven points. And they probably should have had zero in those six minutes if Anthony Davis doesn't commit that foul. But even then, they get a second chance in overtime. If anything, they had momentum. And they got literally two baskets in overtime. And they were both on layups. They never made an outside shot, clearly never made a three-pointer. And in the five minutes of overtime, it was just a continuation of the last six minutes of the fourth quarter. What are you doing, Minnesota? Do you have any sort of offense? Do you have any plays that you run? Uh, the amount of fouls that they committed defensively and offensively, they can't set a screen without fouling somebody. It was some of the worst basketball you will ever see. But the Lakers will take it. They are now the 7th seed. They will play Memphis, and Minnesota will now host the Oklahoma City-New Orleans Pelicans game winner tonight. So the OKC-New Orleans winner will travel to Minnesota on Friday, and the winner of that game becomes the 8th seed and will play Denver in the first round. Going over to the Eastern Conference, yet again, I just think everybody assumed Miami was going to win. I sure did. And what happens? Atlanta goes in there, goes up by 15 at half. Miami cuts it to five in the third quarter, and then they just couldn't get a stop to save their lives, and they end up losing the game by double digits. So now Miami, well, Atlanta is now the seventh seed, locked in. They will play the Boston Celtics. And Miami has to host another game on Friday. They will play the Chicago-Toronto winner, which is tonight as well. And the winner of that game, Miami versus the Chicago-Toronto winner, the winner of that game is now the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, and they will travel to play Milwaukee. So that's how your playoffs are set up. Nobody is giving Atlanta much of a chance. Right now Vegas has... The Boston Celtics installed as a minus 1,000 favorite. They're basically 10-1 to to win that series against the Hawks now that it is established. The Hawks are the seven. Yeah, probably doesn't bode well for the Hawks. Um, You know, the Hawks, I mean, a couple, what was it, last week I told you, they are just a team that cannot get hot at all, but they cannot, they also don't lose a lot of games in a row. Remember I told you they had 31 consecutive games where they were either above 500 by one game, at 500, or below by 100 by one game, and that's it. 31 straight games. They could never get above 500 by two games or more or below 500 by two games or more. It's crazy. Does that mean they're going to keep this series close with the Celtics? I don't know. They can win maybe a game, maybe two. But, yeah, the Celtics are 10-1 to one to win that series, and I think they will win that series. I don't think anyone stands a chance against Milwaukee, whether it's Miami or Miami whether it's Toronto or whether it's Chicago, it doesn't matter. I think Milwaukee wins that series in five games. There's obviously not a series price up yet because they don't know who Milwaukee's playing yet, but any of those three teams they're going to destroy. The Sixers are the 3-6 matchup in the East against the Brooklyn Nets, and the Sixers are basically the same as the uh, Celtics. They're 10-1 to one to win that series. I don't think the Nets stand a chance against the Sixers. Maybe the Sixers win four games. Maybe they win in four. Maybe they win in five. I don't see Brooklyn taking two in that series. And tomorrow we'll maybe even break down the series prices even more because right now I'm only looking at the overall series price. You can bet and you can win better money and get better odds if you pick the exact amount of games the series is going to go. And when you look at something like Milwaukee, let's just say Milwaukee plays Miami you pretty much know, you don't think Miami's going to win two games in that series, and certainly not three. So what you would rather do to lower your odds, because you're probably going to have to lay $15 to win $1, um, you will probably want to pick Milwaukee to win the series in four, Milwaukee in a sweep, or Milwaukee in five. You'll get better odds that way. Um, you're going to lo- If you bet both of them, you're going to lose one of your bets, but at least it will be at a smaller number then, you know, I mean, if you want to bet them to win the series, it's probably going to be, like I said, 12, 15 to 1. If the Celtics and the Sixers are 10 to 1 to win their series, I don't see why the Bucs won't be 15 or 20 to 1 to win their series. And then the only other series in the Eastern Conference is the Cavaliers, and Knicks, the Cavs, are favored to win that series. They're only a 220, so that is a series where you, if you really like the Knicks, and I'm not going to make a prediction on that series for the sole reason that, I don't know the health of Julius Randle. If he's playing, that's great for them, but I don't know if we're getting regular season Julius Randle or if he's still not fully recovered from his injury. So that's a series I'm going to stay away from. If I'm going to bet the Celtics-Hawks series or the Sixers-Nets or the Bucks and whoever they play, I'm going to go for exact games because I just think none of those series, maybe one of those series goes six. Maybe the Nets or Hawks or whoever plays the Bucs can pull out two wins. But, man, that's I don't even know if that's going to happen because the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Bucs are the three best teams in the East by far. In the West, there's two series that are set with the Lakers winning last night. The Lakers will take on the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know the series price yet. It is not up yet, at least at the time of this recording. It's probably out there somewhere, but I haven't found it. Um, I really – look, The Memphis Grizzlies had a much better record. The Memphis Grizzlies are much younger. They're hungrier. Well, I wouldn't even say they're hungrier, but they're they're younger and they're way more athletic than the Lakers. However, the Lakers, anytime you look at an NBA series, you got to look at who has the best players, and the Lakers have two of the three best players in the series on their team. In LeBron and A.D. Jaw is, you can fit him in there, probably in between the two of them. Or maybe you can say LeBron and A.D. are the two best, and Jaw's third. But I do think there's something to be said for Memphis's youth and athleticism because the Lakers have a hard time guarding quick guards. So they're going to have their hands full with Ja. But any team that has LeBron and A.D. assuming they are healthy, and at no point during this series either one of them has to sit out a significant amount of time. I think this series can go 7, and then you get to a 7th game, and it's a coin flip. A lot of people are picking the Lakers. A lot of people are picking them to upset Memphis. I don't know if I'm there yet. I need to see the first couple games of this series. I think if the Lakers fall behind 2-0, it's going to be hard for them to win 4 out of the next 5. I think they need a split in Memphis if they want a shot at this series. Doesn't mean they can't if they fall behind 2-0, but it's going to be awfully hard for them. I think they can get a split. I'm leaning more towards the Lakers in this series. I could be way off on this and it could be blinded by rose colored glasses because I like the Lakers and I want to see them do well, but I never pick with my heart when it comes to this stuff. I'm more about making money and who's going to win. And, you know, if I'll bet against the team that I like, if, if it can make me money and, and, I haven't seen the series price. Memphis is going to be favored to beat the the Lakers in that series. I just don't think it's going to be very high. And um, the only other uh, West series that is set right now – well, there's two other ones, sorry. Phoenix and the Clippers is the 4-5 matchup. Phoenix is minus 460 to win that series, so you almost have to lay $5 to win a day for every dollar. And – The reason why it is so high is Paul George is out, at least for the beginning of the series. So again, Phoenix has the best starting five. They have not lost a game with Kevin Durant in a Suns uniform that he has played. The Clippers are without Paul George. But do I think the Clippers can take two or three games in that series? Yeah, I could see the series going seven. So that's why plus 358 on the comeback for the Clippers. Hey, look. We all know the Phoenix Suns can throw out the best starting five in the Western Conference. However, I don't trust their bench. They get nothing from their bench. And while it's great and all that KD is 8-0 wearing a Suns jersey, if you look at who they've beaten, hasn't beaten anybody great. So just keep that in mind. Phoenix Suns will probably get out of that series, but Clippers are a live dog at plus 358 in that series. So, I'd keep an eye on that. I've talked about this one ad nauseum the Warriors and the Kings. The Warriors have won four titles in eight years. They're defending NBA champions. Andrew Wiggins is coming back for the playoffs. Gary Payton Jr. is playing. It's basically the same team that won the NBA championship last year. That is fully healthy, finally, for the first time this season. They can have all their compliments it's why they're almost a 3 to 1 favorite to win the series against a team that won six more games than them and like i said the golden state warriors lost 30 games on the road this year they were 12 and thir- uh, tw- 11 and 30 that's ridiculous they were a terrible road team however vegas is giving them the benefit of the doubt I don't know what the streak is. I want to say it's like 33 or 34, 35, but I guarantee Saturday night is the first game nationally televised on ABC. They will put the stat up during that game that the Golden State Warriors have won at least one road game in a playoff series for like 33 series in a row. The Kings aren't winning every single home game. The Kings weren't even a great home team this year. Remember, they were the only team in the Western Conference that had a winning road record. They were like 10 games over on the road and four games over at home, so it's not like they're unbeatable at home. And their problem is just inexperienced, they're new to this, and they're going up against the Warriors. Like, I understand why the Warriors are favorites. They should be favorites. They're defending NBA champions who have everybody healthy. Now, obviously, if an injury happens to Draymond or Clay or Steph – Then you just throw everything out the window. But full health, they're going to beat the Kings. Kings are not ready yet to beat the Golden State Warriors in a series, even if the Kings coach is the NBA coach of the year and was an assistant for Golden State the last few years, Mike Brown. So just keep that in mind. I don't see Golden State losing, but I also think this is going to be a hell of a series. This isn't a Warriors complete walkover. They're not winning this series in four games. They're not winning it in five. I think this series goes six or seven. If I had to guess now, I'll go Warriors in six in this one. I think they'll split the first two. I think they'll come home and win both. They'll lose game five in Sacramento and come home and win game six in Golden State. I mean, it's hard enough to pick the winners of series. Now I'm trying to pick how how every game of the series is going to go, so... I mean, hey, if it works out that way, great, but just my overall feel. I just I think Golden State wins this in six. I just can't see them losing to a team like the Kings who haven't been to the playoffs in 18 years. Now, while they're fun to watch and they're the highest-scoring team in the NBA, they're also ranked 25th in defense in the NBA, and we all know playoff basketball is how you can defend and getting stops in the last six minutes of a game. And I just don't see the Kings being able to do that against Golden State. All right, I want to end it with this. It continues for the Tampa Bay Rays. An absolute blowout again last night. They beat the Boston Red Sox. What was the final here? It was 7-2. to They are now 11-0 and on the season. They have won every game by four runs or more except for one. And in the overall standings, they have scored eighty-three runs and given up twenty. <laughs> this is—I'm looking at some of the other teams. The Minnesota Twins. I'm looking at the mo- the least amount of runs given up so far this year. Tampa Bay Rays have given up twenty in eleven games. That's very good. The Brewers have only given up twenty-seven in eleven games, but they've only scored fifty-five. Rays are at eighty-three. The Minnesota Twins have only given up 31 runs in 11 games, but they've only scored 44, and they're 7-4. and four. When did the Tampa Bay Rays become the 27 Yankees? Could someone answer that for me? Look, I they're, they're good every year. I mean, it would, no matter what their payroll is, Kevin Cash is the most underrated manager in all of baseball. They are good every single year, no matter what players they have on their team. They just get the most out of all their players every year, and they've been to the World Series what three times since 2010. Like it's not just oh they're okay in the regular season and they overachieve. No, they you know in the in the COVID year they lost to the Dodgers in the World Series, uh, they lost to the Phillies in the World Series, and they they got there one other time I believe right. I could be forgetting. They won. Well, they won it. Didn't they? They beat the Rockies? They beat the Rockies in the World Series? I can't remember. But, <laughs> um, no, I wasn't. Okay, so they only lost twice. They've been to the World Series twice since 2008. They lost to the Phillies in 08, and they lost to the Dodgers in the COVID year. And that's it. Those are the two times they've been to the World Series. They have not won one. I thought they I thought they had won one but because I, I was picturing them celebrating on the field, but that was winning the AL pennant. But just the fact that this team has been to the World Series twice in the last fifteen years is pretty amazing, considering their payroll. You know, that's twice as many times that that's uh, the the New York Yankees have been to the World Series once since two thousand eight. So Tampa Bay Rays have been to more World Series in the last fifteen years than the New York Yankees have. That should pretty much tell you all you need to know. This is a good franchise. Nobody goes to their games. Their field is an absolute dump. Yet, they continue to put a winning product on the field. And that's a credit to the organization, credit to the management, and, I, like I said, Kevin Cash, one of the more underrated managers in all of baseball. But, yeah, they're rolling along. 11-0. and <laughs> I just, I don't know how... I mean, that's that's a hell of a start. Now remember, we said they beat the A's and the Nationals and the Tigers. Well, now they're beating the Red Sox two in a row. So when is this team gonna lose? Is it ever gonna happen? I I'm gonna say they're gonna win their first fifteen and then lose. I say they still got another four wins left in them before they lose again. But I'm not even looking ahead to their next series. I don't even know what they have in their next series, so I could be speaking out of turn here anyway thank you all for listening i really appreciate it please rate subscribe and review an apple podcast much appreciated tell your friends about the podcast pass it around to them i'd appreciate that too we'll be back tomorrow yet another sports daily remember sports will always be the greatest reality show on television see ya